Hello and welcome to Walking the Earth Podcast, the podcast about the backpacking experience. I'm Justin Castle, calling in from New York City, New York. And I'm Mike Margulies, calling in today from Port Dixon, Malaysia, which is also the hometown of my guest, Miss Caroline. What's happening, Caroline? I just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, me too. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> we had a little bout of food poisoning yesterday. So. Yeah, actually, what? yeah, it's true. I've been, I was uh, sick uh, all through the night. Uh, a few of us got sick yesterday, actually. Um, <laughs> From what? Uh, but yeah, I guess like some, uh, some background. Uh, Caroline and I first met in uh, Langkawi, which is an island at the north of Malaysia. Uh, I guess that was like two or three weeks ago. Yeah, about two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was like actually my first stop in Malaysia after leaving Thailand, and you kind of picked me up like a, a stray animal on the street. <laughs> <laughs> that is what happened. You were drunk, and you were walking all over the place, and I just picked you up. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I guess we all like uh, I hit it off with you and the, your group of friends. And yeah, my sister you know. and my best friend. Mm. Yeah, we had a really, really good night, and we we met we met each other every night after that. We hung out with each mm. other. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah, but we never got to hear you sing though. Oh, I'll still uh, <laughs> I'll still uh, sing for you. I've got you, my guitar here. Yeah, so you can still do that. You've got to serenade <laughs> them. You absolutely need to to sing them. Sing <laughs> what is it? The holiday song or the Christmas song? You gotta sing them that song. I have a Christmas song. What Christmas do. song? I'll sing a Christmas song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean. Um, so you went back to KL, where you, I guess, were uh, living as until as of, I guess, a couple days ago. Yeah, and I walked in. I came back from Langkawi. I walked into work the next day, and I felt so claustrophobic. And I saw my entire life flash in front of me. And I was like, no, this is not it. This is not going to be my story. So yeah, I decided to leave. Two days later, I handed in my resignation letter. And yeah, that's started everything. Now I've got nothing to do. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It's such a foreign feeling to me right now. And this, was, and this was your last day of work was two days ago. Yeah. So it was like really fresh. <laughs> it was like really, really fresh. Wait. I was just telling them on the way here that I, like, I do not have a schedule anymore. Like, I do not have to be anywhere or anything. I can do whatever I want whenever I want. And yeah, it's kind of scary. Even though I, I should be used to it, but no, it's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Caroline, where are you are you do you have an apartment? Or are you are you fixed there or are you mobile? Um, no, I was living with my dad and his family in KL. Like I'm from Port Dixon, that's an hour and a half down yeah. south of KL by the coastline. And um, yeah, but here I live with my mom, there I live with my dad and yeah, I was alright. I was I was staying living there while I was working there. But oh. it's hard living in KL. I'm not a city person at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. overwhelming kinda. Of. Actually, um the biggest you know, as I've been traveling, it's the biggest culture shock I always get is um, when I enter into a city. You know, and you, all of a sudden you're in a place where there's everyone's walking around, so fast paced, right. so messy. And, yeah, and the <laughs> and crowded metros, gray. and it's, uh, NKL actually has a fantastic uh, metro system uh, yeah. compared to like almost any city I've been to. But it's still you're in there and it's just crowded and there's people everywhere and it's, right. cities are always kind of um, oh, it's oh, starting it's to rain. rain. There we go. <laughs> I can hear it. Yeah. What, what, kind of, what kind of rooftop do you, where, what, where are you guys right now? I, I, I have a picture in my head, but I want to see if it matches the, the image. Describe the area, Mike. So we're, we're in, uh, we're at Caroline's mom's place in Port Dixon. So basically, like, we left KL uh, yesterday, and uh, so I hit, basically tagged along down to Port Dixon. And actually, this, 
that place here is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're kind of like, we've got all this nature around us. There's monkeys, wild monkeys around oh, that cool. come hang out. Yeah, we've um, got everything. Yeah, yeah it's, it's out a pretty, in the patio. Yeah, we're out on the patio right now. There's a swing right here. Yeah, we're, we're sitting garden. outside. We've got access, I guess, to the, uh, the router from out here. Um, <laughs> It's, yeah, actually, it's a really gorgeous place. Quiet um, neighborhood. Yeah. Quiet, yeah. quiet neighborhood. We'll, we'll get a, a snapshot somewhere in this environment. Absolutely. I, <laughs> I want to see, I want a picture, absolutely, of where you guys record so I can see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, can, we can do that for sure. And yeah, and there's a beach here, too, which I didn't even realize. When you said, hey, you want to come with us to Port Dixon? I said, yeah, sure. And bonus, we, or I guess we're not going today because of the weather. If, but. If, the, if it stops raining, we can. <laughs> right, yeah. The weather, it's weird because it's still kind of sunny outside. Um, uh, there is a, 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 a very cute Asian, like Indian saying about this when it's still sunny and if it's raining. Uh, my grandfather used to say that is when the, the bear is marrying the wolf. When the bear, what does when that the mean? The bear is getting married to the wolf. <laughs> really? Because, well, it's sunny and it's raining. It's, it's not supposed to go together. Right. So, like there's a saying like the bear is marrying the wolf. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'm a, I'm we have a saying um, from Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> I want to know, have you ever seen the rain yeah. coming down on a sunny <laughs> day? There's a song. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a song. We sing that all the time. Yeah. So. You know, but imagine, imagine 100 years from now. Like, that's going to be a saying, and people aren't going to, like, they can look up the reference on the internet, but, like, we'll actually be able to know the reference offhand. Like, that's pretty yeah. interesting, right? So, but I love your, I love your, the bear is marrying the wolf. I'm going to start using that or trying to, I'm going to try to insert that in the conversations. Oh, you should come over to Asia. There are loads of sayings. Like, it's unbelievable. The folklore here is, it's, it's incredible, really. Okay, I want to hear. Because there's so many diverse like, cultures, so it kind of, it kind of um, merged together. Yeah, that's actually something that's really remarkable about Malaysia is uh, the diversity, right? So in Malaysia, there's, I guess there's three predominant, like groups you've got you have yeah. Indians and you have Chinese and you have the Malay and everyone's kind of all here together and so if you're in Kuala Lumpur you'll see signs that are in like four different languages oh wow uh, sometimes yeah even when we speak to each other we we mix our languages like I don't if I'm speaking to another Malaysian I'll speak to them in English Tamil Chinese and in Malay Whoa. you know you, think, you, you just speak, mix you everything speak, together how many languages do you speak um two only two English okay. and Malay but um, because we you know speak certain a little Tamil words. Also? Yeah, we got we know certain words. Mm. We all know how to curse in all these languages. So <laughs> we yeah. just mix it, put it all in. And it's like yeah. everyone knows like a little bit of like every language yeah. uh, that's spoken. <laughs> that's it's, awesome. So it's, it's, it's called Manglish here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Manglish, yeah. Manglish, okay. <laughs> so not not so the movie. Like, I guess Singlish. Yes, yeah. that's similar same, to Singlish. But not, like, not Singaporeans now. I'm Malaysian. I'm 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 I'm. A program to not like Singapore, <laughs> so. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like a it's like a rivalry, kind of like U.S. It's, versus it's, Canada. Yeah. It's like U.S. versus Canada, right. Australia, New Zealand. So we yeah. got Malaysia, Singapore. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> what are the notable yeah. like you guys, conflicts love, that you guys have? Sorry, what was that castle? I, I just want to know like what are like what are some of the traditional conflicts that you guys have had? Like, is it just friendly rivalry in soccer, or is it something like that? <laughs> is what is? Oh no. Like what, conflicts. Um, well, that is a very serious issue here, oh, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, religion and race. A lot of people play the religion and race card. Okay. Like, lately, it, uh, it's been coming out in the last um, seven years or so. 
Okay. Things have been, we, we are like a relatively peaceful people. Mm -hmm. Like even when we got our independence, like we didn't fight a war for it or anything like that. It was a sit down and everybody mm. spoke about it. Right. And, and yeah, this was, it was in the post-World War II era, Yeah, it was right? post-World War II especially. Yeah. And I was like, English just decided at the point, hey, we're going to, you know, do all these independences. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like after the Japanese came. And Jap mm. I think when the Japanese came around, that's when it was really bad for us. But otherwise, before that, um, yeah, it was relatively peaceful. There was a little um, backlash here and there, but it's not so bad. And... But lately, in the last seven years, a lot of people have been playing this race and religion card. And yeah, it's getting pretty ugly. You can see it on the news, actually. Okay. So what do you mean by that? Like, you have examples yeah. of someone playing the race or religion card? Um, well, all right. We are a secular state. And Malaysia is a secular state, but Islam is our official religion. Right. And we are, we are free to practice whatever we choose. But however, like lately, a lot of people have been coming out saying that this that the Christians have an agenda, like they want to convert the Muslims without them realizing it and uh, like, like making it seem as if the Muslims are really, they cannot think for themselves in mm. a sense. Uh, like all of us just want to convert. But the thing is, nobody has that agenda going on. But yeah. right, what happened in the US, uh, what's, what was happening in the Western world about 10 years ago is now only happening here. Like you got these fanatics coming around, and not only from Islam, but from all the other um, religions as well. And everybody's fighting, and what everybody's fighting for, we do not know. Oh, and that's the thing, because this is really peaceful. Like, yeah, we have to say that the the Malays and all the they do get certain, they, they do get certain privileges. That is true, but we are also all of us, the rest of us, we are given the um, the the possibility to strive on, you know, the chances to go go ahead. But I don't know, everybody seems to be unhappy and they, they just want to fight. Huh. So there's a lot of disputes between where temples are going to be built or where uh, mosques are uh, and all that kind of thing. And, and so, this is every day on the news, like, yeah, like in, your but, in your neighborhood? But, is this happening in your neighborhood right now or is this all um, over? Yeah, it's, it's here in Port Dixon, no, it's, it's pretty quiet. The only time we ever hear them is when um, any political party comes around and he wants to make a speech and... Yeah, then maybe we will hear something about it, but it's only the current government, the current political party that's governing Malaysia that we ever heard such um, religious nonsense coming from. They would say things like, I remember during the last um, uh, elections, they were like, they said that the Indians don't like what they're doing, the Malays don't like what they're doing, then they might as well go back. And, but what a lot of people don't understand is because we have built this country together and we work together for so long that if something like this happens, if we actually leave, that they cannot survive on their own. Like we need each other. We really do need each you other. You mean the Malay people? The Malay, yeah, okay. the Malay, the Chinese right. the Indians, we need each other. Everyone right. needs everybody. Yeah, right. we all need each other, but they don't get it. Like our entire culture is based on the fact that we have merged together. We have lived with each other for so long. Like no single tradition that's practiced here is can be said is just an Indian tradition or is this a Malay right. tradition or Chinese tradition or even our food. Yeah, kind of molds together. It, everything's fused. Everything yeah. is fused. Our language, everything. So we really do need each other. But there's a group of people who just don't understand that. They, they it's like the superiority of the Malays, the Muslims, and that kind of thing. It's it's ridiculous as far as oh, I can yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an attitude, you feel like there's an attitude from some people. Uh, yeah, certain groups of people. Like, like, I'm fighting for the rights of my people. Yes, we want, we want equal rights. We want all of that. But there is a way to do it without, without hurt, suppressing other people. Yeah, suppressing rights. someone right. else and keeping them quiet. And right. yeah, there's no need for that at all. 
Yeah, absolutely. I didn't realize that, that there's so much unrest over there in these, it's brewing, in these it's regards. It's slowly brewing. Yeah. The mainstream media does not cover this, that's for sure. It's like a very small section that they will, right? but if you go online and you um, read the independent blogs and independent news portals, then yeah, you can read right. up all the things that are well, going on. I think it's kind of a, you know, there's a lot of things going on. On, on the one hand, you have um, a lot of, um, with this diversity, you've got all these different uh, groups of people coexisting, and it's really beautiful in that sense. But I guess at the same time, there's also some, there's a little bit of racism and tension between the different groups. Is okay. that yeah. accurate to say? Yeah, I mean, like I was telling Mike before, like it all started with the British, actually. They came in and they are, um, what do you call this? The protocol that they follow is divide and conquer. So basically, when they, when they came around, yeah, there were Indians, there were some Chinese because the weird situated um, where the Straits of Malacca is at, and this was used to be, Malacca used to be a huge trading zone. And so the shipments and from- So Malacca is an area just south of here. Yeah, south, south of, of here, here actually. Yeah. Yeah. And no, yeah, south of here, and this entire port, like, you will have ships from traders from India and China and all, and this was a, a really safe passage. Kind of like a central yeah, hub for a lot of central hub, trade. yeah. yeah. And so the, when, when the colonization started and the, when the British came along, they, 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 they realized that Malaysia is rich in a lot of things. Like we had aluminum, we had rubber and all that. So they brought in Chinese and Malays from India and China. And what they did was the Malays were put to work in, um, oh yeah, sorry. The Malays were put to work at, uh, as fishermen, all right? They work around the seas and all. And the Indians, they worked as rubber tappers the Chinese, they worked in the mines. Okay. You know, so divide and conquer, they, they could never make so. So everyone had like a different role. Yeah, in so that sentiment sort of tickled down till now. Like, no one ever really got over the fact that, yeah, we were separated and now we're together, but still there was this, there's this still uh. this difference in a sense. Some people just want to keep on, like, um, like they, 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 they pinpoint the fact that we are still different. And like, when we fill up forms, like, race is still included. In our forms, we are not just Malaysians. We are either Malaysian Indians, Malaysian Chinese, or Malay. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's, I've never heard. Well, of we have that also, actually. Like, you know, we have I, a lot of forms where you say, yeah. "What are you? Are you white? Are you black? Are you Pacific Islander? Are you Asian?" You know, it's like yeah, yeah. but your laws are equal, right? Um, or there's there's certain privileges granted yeah, to certain sex and not to the others. Yeah, there's. It's meant to be yeah equal. So yeah, but here you still like, have you'll still have discrimination that, even in the U.S. that will yeah. occur to some extent. But yeah, legally it's. The laws are formed to be yes. Yeah, it's, it's meant. To, are it's the laws actually equal. structured to, to have inequality among the different races here? No, really. Okay. They get, when it comes to the um, engineers people and the Malaysians, they get a certain amount of privilege, especially when it comes to school education, work, and all that. Malay people do. Yeah, Malay really? and the engineers um, people, but the Chinese and the Indians, yeah, they're afforded some, but not all. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so it's actually like legally. There are legal. Yeah, it is, it is in our constitution. Yes, it is. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. I, did, I didn't <laughs> realize that either. I'm, I'm, I'm not really familiar with, with Malaysian history. When, when did the British come and when did they kind of let go? Um, okay. Yeah, just a rough timeline. I, I just want to get a little context for myself. Okay, the British left in 1957. That's when we gained 57. independence. Okay. All right, um, but and I they, think it's they colonized around the same time as the Americas, maybe, yeah, kind of the same time period. 
Maybe. Summer, yeah, somewhere around the same time period. They, they were the colonizers. They were the longest um, foster colonizers. I think they were around for about a hundred over years, or two hundred. Mm. Okay, is that so, Yeah. So like seventeen hundreds or something like that. Okay, the Portuguese came in in fifteen eleven. They were the first colonizers, and they colonized us for about a hundred years, and then the Dutch came in, and they were really short. And so I think, yeah, about 1700, 1600, 1700s. What's well, interesting, there. actually, so there's a town, um, so just so south of Langkawi, where we met, and north of Kuala Lumpur. So on my way from Langkawi to KL, I stopped in a place called Georgetown. Really? And what struck me immediately was like, wait, this town is called Georgetown. That's, there's a place in, the, in Washington, D.C. called Georgetown. Yeah. Right. I was like, that's a interesting. Why in Malaysia is there a place called Georgetown? And then I, eventually I was like, oh, yeah, this was also a British colony. This was also named after King George. You know? Yeah, and if so, you go to places like in Malacca, Malacca and, um, and Penang especially, yeah. They, because they were where most of these um, colonies were, where the British were established, all the names, the street names yeah. and everything, really reflect yeah. and then the structure. Yeah, the, the town, Georgetown looks yeah. like, it, you know, I felt like, wow, this is just like, you know, colonial-like towns yeah. in the U.S. Right. Um, exactly. it, it feels like that when you're walking through Georgetown. Huh. Um, it's like, oh, okay, I understand. It, it feels like a Georgetown. Actually, <laughs> is our Georgetown named after the King George, or is it after George Washington? I'm I, the one they gave it that I, name. I don't know. I don't know. I actually, <laughs> actually don't know. Not important, but I'll um, look it it up. Just, I just thought about that. <laughs> I always assumed it was George Washington, but... Now I'm wondering if it, that, the name was even older, you know, mm. and it, it was actually probably, the King George, like this one was. It probably was. That's just a guess, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll but look it yeah, up. it's interesting. Is it? Yeah, this was. There's a lot of influence you still see from the colonial uh, English colony colonization of a. Yeah, Malaysia. but I think the only one. I mean, the, um, we do not have any residue from the Japanese being here. Mm. I think because that was a very hard time for all of us. Um, they, that was like during World War Two. Yeah, it was during World War Two, and then a lot of the Chinese here got murdered and slaughtered. It was bad, but my my mom has a very interesting story. Like when the Japanese came around, my grandfather he was a baby, like he was probably like six months mm -hmm. old or something, and the Japanese they loved Indians. I don't know why. They would come into my grandmother's house. They would go in my grandmother's house. And while she's cooking, pick up the baby, go up to the rooftop, sit there, and just sing to it and play with it. And they were like, they did not do, they were so harmless to the Indians, but to the Chinese, they were really, really cruel. Wow. They really tried to implement the language, the flag, and everything, but it never stuck. Because after Hiroshima and Nagasaki, like, they went, they left, and the English came back. Right. So, yeah. Oh, okay. I'd yeah. Yeah, that's, I, you know, uh, I've heard of, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Philippines, but my, I recently visited my, my great aunt in Connecticut and mm -hmm. they, they escaped the Holocaust, uh, were Jewish and they were from, yeah. they're from Germany. They escaped yeah. the Holocaust to the Philippines and they were occupied by the Japanese and it was not as, not nearly as friendly. Like they'd come and ransack the houses, they'd ask for money and all this stuff and, it was just not wow. nearly as good of a of a story as the as that. So that's really interesting that they. Yeah, but we had two different forces during the time trying to conquer the world. So right, yeah. exactly. It exactly. was a crazy time in the world yeah. that shaped, you know. And the a scary lot of human thought is like it's to... not that long ago. No, it's really not. You know, our <laughs> grandparents were through this era. You know, right. Um, it is interesting, and it's, there's been ramifications that, that, yeah, obviously still go to today. Ever since, you know, the U.S. became the superpower post-World War II. Right. Um, and you still have today, you know, the results of all that. And, you know, we'll see how that all shakes out. Um, well, 
Yeah, I, I want to know, Caroline, I know that we've been talking about history, but I want to know about you. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. So you've been living in Malaysia your entire life. You said you've traveled it's, before. Yeah, born and bred Malaysian. Um, I'm Indian. By ethnicity, I'm Indian. And uh, yeah, I did travel. I traveled back in 2011. Okay. Best year of my life. Quit alcohol for an entire year. <laughs> I was at the full moon party in Kopangan, completely sober. Wow. I saw things people don't remember and people don't want to remember. <laughs> like, really. It was, but it was an incredible experience that year. What, what, what yeah, is I the, went around Southeast Asia. What is the part? Uh, what is that party? Oh, you can, this, that you oh this is the full moon party oh, in yeah, Kopangan, Thailand. Sorry. Yeah. yeah it, it's basically the big, one of the biggest parties in the world. Uh, yeah, it's like... It's like one of those go-to destinations like, yeah. for partying. You got you got Ibiza, you got um, Goa, you've got Copangan full moon yeah. party. So uh, yeah. it's okay. uh yeah, I I went to the full moon party a month or two ago. Uh, actually, it's funny. There was, I almost. And Copangan is in Thailand. It's like yeah, it's it's like the you know big known thing. Actually, mm. there's a part of me that was like, ah, I don't know if I want to go because I feel like it's just too much of a. I, I had the impression it was going to be too much of like a spring break kind of. A lot of drunk no, people it kind is. of thing. It, it is, is, but also I found you kind of find whatever scene you're looking for is what I ended yeah, up finding. Yeah, that's true. No, but I realized like well, I've got my own stigmas uh, as a backpacker that are preventing me from necessarily <laughs> experiencing things. So I went to, you know, I had to get over my own stigmas as a backpacker, <laughs> see it for myself, and turns out, wait, this is pretty alternative. You know, there's like <laughs> a water slide yeah. and there's like a fire limbo, and it's just and like every bar was playing different kinds of music, yeah, so you can find your own thing. Exactly. Uh -huh. I remember when I was there, like, um, the students from Israel, like, this is just, I think, just after the national service or just before they after graduating. But I'm pretty sure it's after national service. Yeah, after the service. Right. And yeah. they all come out to yeah. Thailand. They all come out to Thailand. Or India. They were also India. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so nuts. It was crazy the things they were doing. They, were, they went wild. Really? And I'm like... Well, this Israelites, they really know how to party. Like, they go all crazy. <laughs> this Israelis, like, yeah, they go nuts. And, and all of them were like that. I only met, like, one or two Jews who were really, like, well, they were normal. <laughs> the rest just went, like, they went all out. They were, they were wild. Well, you know, if you were in army, I could, you know, if I was in the army for, like, three years, Man and then finally got to go out into the world, you know, I would, go, I would be going pretty wild myself. Yeah. So, yeah, so I can't blame any Israelis for going yeah, wild. Yeah, when Israelis, <laughs> when they, come, when they come, around, come along, it's crazy. Then there are the Australians. Oh, man, and Australians then, are and then, always And then anyone from parties. the Scandinavian country, because, because <laughs> during, like, August, September, there are lots of chartered flights to um, Asia. So they will come around, and you you will see the streets full of them, and ah, yeah, okay. it was nuts. So yeah, that's what I did, and um, after that, I was I ended up living. So you went to the you went to the Spulman party completely sober. Completely sober, <laughs> utterly sober, and I was to, taking care of everyone of my friends. I don't know how you can do that. <laughs> I carried everyone's money, their phones, their passports. I don't know where. I can, uh, no. You're too good yeah. of a friend, Caroline. I must say, motherly <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. instincts. <laughs> yeah, they call me mama everywhere I go. It's, it's, like, they, you, you, all you got to do is know me for, like, a day or two, and the next thing you know, I'm mama. <laughs> I'm in good hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mama. So, yeah. Uh, would you go afterwards, after the full moon party? Oh, I ended up in, uh, in Pai. Like, that's three hours north of Chiang Mai. Yeah, North Thailand. Yeah, it's like 15 hours north of Bangkok, really. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful little town. I ended up living there, and... Had the best time of my life. I met so many different kinds of people, and yeah, and I was 
I I was I picked up like I really danced over there. Like yeah. I just danced. I pick up I picked up Hoy as well. Fire and dancing. The, yeah. That's fire dancing and yeah, oh, it was that's... incredible really. Best best months of my life. And um, yeah, I went all around. Like the thing is, it's like because I've been in the corporate world for so long, like I feel like it's so long, it's like only a year and a half. Like I feel like this is like some far off memory, like another story, you know? <laughs> from before. Yeah, from the before, before time, like, the long, long someone ago. else's life. Right? Right. Yeah, you tend to forget how beautiful it was at all at the moment. So, yeah. Wow. I uh, so I mean I think it's very I, I think it's so awesome that you just made the plunge again because I you know, it's again it's something I've been fighting I don't know, fighting off or or been been um just letting it fester for a while. Not uh -huh not going through with the urge to quit everything and go travel. Do you have an urge to quit everything? I mean, I think I think everybody does to a degree. Everybody does, but it's mm. like whether or not they get they want to face what's out there. I, I think it's Castle's doing so many of these podcasts with people that are doing this. <laughs> Maybe it's starting to affect we, you. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Absolutely. But the thing is, the, the moment you decide to quit, you are you are breaking all the rules. You can there's no longer any rules to follow. Right. No one right. can tell you what to do, where to go. It's like you have to set it yourself. Mm. I, so you rely completely on yourself. I, I want to know. I want to know. Like, what are you? What are you going through right now? Having quit your job of a, a year oh. and a half. Like, what are you? What are you? What are your feelings right now? Like, what it are is, you, it's going through it your head? It is terrifying. It really is terrifying. Like I remember when I was traveling and when I was living in guest houses and all that. I could live on bare minimum. Like. Absolutely yeah. nothing. I didn't need any money. That's I, true. I like I, I I had what I needed and all you that. learned how to survive I, yeah, on you, not you, very and much. I was so happy. Yeah. But the moment I started earning more, and all all of a sudden it's not enough, mm. you know. And, and like <laughs> I'm thinking like, shit, I'm quitting my job. How in the world am I gonna survive? And I got then this memory comes back where yeah, you did survive and you were great. And, yeah. and then now I'm like, okay, I do not have a schedule. I worried, I'm worried about money. I'm worried where life is going to take me and all that. And then I have to kick myself sometimes. That I, every time I put myself in uncertain situations, life has always given me something amazing to experience. Mm, right. And yeah, so working in, this, the, in the finance industry, especially since well, I was one of those people who would say so many things about the finance world and talk about the historical facts and all that, the history of it, I'm like, you know, it's... Like when life decided, yeah, there's a little bit of irony your way. You hate the banks, now go work for them. And looking at it from <laughs> the other side, I was like, how necessary it has become for everybody in this world. Like how, what would happen if a bank would go bankrupt? Right. Like the whole world just crashes and everyone is, is um, affected by it. Yeah. I, so, yeah. I thought about this the other day. I thought about this oh. just, <laughs> just this week. You know, what, what would happen if everything... You know, okay, okay, this is going to sound, I don't know how it's going to sound, but okay. I'm going to say it. Just say um, it. So we've, I read an improv book not too long ago by Mick Napier. It's called Improvise. Um, and it talks about context. And pretty much everything we do is based upon context. And, you know, context of the world. Like, everybody yeah. has their role and everybody has their space in this world in this society to make everything work and that's where where when you're born you don't have any context you don't understand that's why it, 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 we've made this world so complicated 
Um, that's why it takes 20 plus years for you to, you know, 18 to 20 years to be competent enough to survive in it. Uh, you got to you know all the rules. You got to mm. know all the laws. You got to know how to feed yourself, cook for yourself. You know, got to know how to, to do all these different things in order to, to live. And then you have to get a job so you can fit into a greater society and serve a government and yourself, you know, like. I'm not. I don't mean server government, but you have to, you know, pay well, pay taxes. In a sense, you are though. You are, you are paying taxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are. Yeah, if you're getting it. Yeah. You're working for someone else so that you can live a good right. life. Right. I mean, yeah. But it's, it's all true. But it's always for someone else. Like whatever yeah. you get, someone else is getting more out of it. Right. I, it's, but it's, it's true. Like. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Um. I, we did have this conversation the other day with Jackie, mm. and all like how everyone has their role to play, living in this world. Yeah. Everyone does. Have it like if all of us were the same, we, we would never learn from each other. Like, we I needed to experience working to realize what it takes. Like how you you sacrifice everything. You sacrifice your health, your time, your space, your relationships. You sacrifice it all. It takes up everything from mm, you. It takes right. everything from you, and you gotta be really hard. Like I was honestly like a really cheerful person, cheerful, bubbly, and like all over the place. Like I'm like, that kind of a person. But ever since I joined this industry, I just became so hard. Like people were mean and cruel, and you sort of tend to forget that there are good people out there too. Mm -hmm. There's right. some really nice people, but people here they tend to knock you down, break you apart, make you do what you they want you to be, yeah. so that you serve their purpose. You know? Yeah. And you you think that you're making these <laughs> changes because it's for the benefit of yourself. Maybe yeah, you're too egoistic, too prideful, too stubborn, like they say, and so maybe you could just take a step back and look at yourself and change. So that's what I did, but what I did not realize is that I was changing not for myself, but for them. And I remember because mm. every sentence I said, like when I was talking, when I first met Mike, I kept saying sorry for everything. Uh, yeah. Sorry for my opinions. <laughs> sorry for what I was saying. Sorry for what I was doing. And like my sister and him, like they, they were like, you're not even Canadian. You're saying sorry way more often than they are. <laughs> 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 So yeah, it, it hit me. It really did hit you know, I, me. I'll send you like, hey, stop apologizing all the time. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm always apologizing. It changes you. It changes you so much. You forget. Yeah. And that's how it is, isn't it? When they, they send you to schools and what they yeah. teach you, their version of history, exactly. their version of everything, like their beliefs. And you know, they mold you. you. They exactly. think They say, take, think, first they fix you in a box, right? Like right. the first 50 years, they, they taught everyone, Think inside the box. This is how it's supposed to go. You're supposed to get married. I mean, you're supposed to go to school. You go graduate, go to college, and meet someone, marry them, graduate from college, get a job, find, buy a house, whatever, have kids, and you live your home tidy. You work your job like 50 hour, like right. 80 hour week jobs, until you're 50, 60, whatever. Then you can enjoy your retirement. Right. Where you're basically. The deferred life plan. Yeah. You're basically <laughs> trying to. You use the money that you have worked, you've worked for all these 50 years. To, to preserve your health that you spent on working. Yeah, right. yeah. You so know? you sacrifice your... It says Dalai Lama has a quote, right? Yeah. Man, man is so weird because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. And then when he's old, he sacrifices his money in order to regain his health. Exactly. <laughs> so but it's programmed in them. And then, like I remember, when we were growing up, it was now think outside of the box. Just think outside of the box, you know? Right. Like, there's more possibilities and whatever not. But then it comes to a point where, why don't, can't you just think like there is no box? Right. Yeah. Just think like there is no box. It's there's, true. You, there's no the limitations. There's no one telling you what to do, what it's, you cannot do. It's no hard to get out. Nothing it's, but 
People yeah. have been programmed that way, haven't they? And it's so hard, and they're it's, afraid. You're what would happen? What would people say if they ever, like, go out, like, go out on their own loop, go there, take their own road? Yeah. Like, it was very hard for people my in uh, my town, like my, and my family and all that, to understand what we were doing, what I was doing. But my family, yeah, bless their hearts, they are amazing. They they understand it, but not everybody can, it's you know? Very, yeah, a lot of people don't understand. That's um, that's the hardest part. You know, we've already talked about this, I think, at nauseum. Yeah. But, but <laughs> the hardest part for me is that, you know, a lot of people just don't get it, what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, it's, um you know, doesn't I have to not let that matter to me. You know, I, uh, it's on right. me to let decide what affects well, me or not. So I know I trust my path. Yeah. I, I wanted yeah. to say, say this, that, you know, we're a lot of the times you don't have a choice until you're old enough to know what the hell's going on, you mm. know? Yeah, for a but by that time, it's like whether you're you trapped. Can, yeah, you're trapped, whether you can <laughs> make the choice. Right. You're you trapped know? with, like, say, in your situation, Castle, you've got student loans, exactly. right? Um, yeah. I was not aware, I was not self-aware. Maybe it's maturity, maybe it's whatever, until, you know, you're aware of yourself, but right. really, really, truly being knowing where you are what you're doing what you're responsible for and what you've bought into and so you're like in your mid-20s you know mid i mean or at least for me it took that long you were 18 years old man and then you're you're basically made this big decision that affected the next however what 10 years of your life where you right. signed away hey um for a student loan that you're you know still paying off yeah yeah and you that is how they keep you trapped really Yep. Like the moment you leave university, you've already got a loan. You got it got exactly. debts. You got debts. Like you have to pay it all back. And so yeah. you end up struggling. You right. end up working you to pay off like that debt. And then you get you get into more debt. Right. Yeah, so like, because you get into a debt so you can get a job that gets a lot of money, and then you get the job and you make the and money you, so yeah, that you can pay back the so debt. So you tell you, right. yeah, you gotta get these like cards, you gotta get these cars, oh. these houses yeah. and all that. And yeah. you're stuck. And there's some quote where it's like, Oh, so you get the clothes and the car so you can go to this job. That lets you pay for the clothes and the, and the car, car yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the house that you're not living, that you're not spending any time in. And, yeah. right. <laughs> and then, you, then you have kids, and then you you stay with them, and then you you know you're paying for a million bucks a kid plus, and then yeah, you, you know, so but, you never really get to live though. You never do. But the thing is, not everybody sees it that way. Like someone like you, probably yeah, you can see it. But those who are just brought up, who are just trained to to live their lives that way they would not know any better right. they would think yeah this is exactly what i'm supposed to do they might have doubts here and there but right the you know, fear if, the fear well, of not knowing like yeah. just holds them I, I would say and i think it's if someone is legitimately happy with it you know it's not for me or anyone else to say like what your lifestyle should be so if someone's legitimately happy like living okay you know what all i want is a house and a mortgage and a wife and kids and i'm yeah. happy you know what and if that's the thing that you're calling in life that's making you happy fantastic but i think the part that pains me personally is how many people there are out there where that's not the thing that is the thing that makes that they're passionate about and they're doing it just because it's the deep if you're doing it just because it's the default what you're supposed to do what society expects of right. you rather and you're not doing the thing that's your personal passion that's where to me it's like that's where it's a problem where you know people are trapped and it's not their fault either like you're saying you know we've been programmed by yeah. the society by the culture culture right. this Terrence McKenna kind of quote culture is just a mass hallucination <laughs> it basically. is it really it's is. It's the Matrix, isn't it? Like it is. It's kind of like the Matrix, actually. It, yeah. Well, that's in the Matrix. I think that's it's not very um, thinly veiled that that's what they're saying. You know, he yeah. worked in a at a cubicle at an office job, uh, and then he like left that. You know, I'm like, wait, is this big whole movie just a metaphor for backpacking? <laughs> yeah, like, sometimes I, I wonder. I just it took the red pill, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it makes me it makes me think. You know, uh, all the things we've mentioned, it makes me think like, do the Amish 
have it right. Like, like maybe they don't oh rely. Goodness, yeah, no, they don't I've rely on anything. The they don't rely on um, anything, and they don't. You know, they they're self-serving, and they don't believe in all that stuff. I don't, I don't know. I think I don't think they should restrict anybody's beliefs, and they let people leave if they want to leave. But they, I don't believe in their, I guess their religious beliefs or whatever. But hey, they're self. Living a simple life. Is yeah, right. and, and, and so, if, yeah. if you met them, like they are actually very happy. Well, it's just simple. It's every, everything this, is so simple. Well, and this comes back to also what you're saying earlier. It's like when you're working, uh, you know, say, uh, what people would call a successful career, and you're making money, you get into this mindset where it's never enough, where you're always just pursuing more and more and more and more of yeah. it, where you're trying to make money, and then you make money, and then you try to find ways to spend the money, versus, uh, you know, kind of once you take the red pill and leave the matrix, then you realize, oh, wait. I actually don't need that much to get by. My basic necessities. Yeah. Uh, once you once you force yourself to survive, you have very few possessions. Yep. Everything fits in a, one little backpack. And, exactly. And there, you need you need what uh, accommodation and food, <laughs> and um, you realize how little you actually need. And so I think there's something to say for the simple life. You the know? simple yeah. life. Yeah. Mm. But I think it, it's kind of scary as well because living that kind of a simple life, you tend to get ignorant about everything that's going on around you. Yeah, yeah. That, no matter what life you're living. But yeah. yeah, but back to yeah the whole money thing. I remember when I handed in my resignation letter and when everybody was asking me what were my plans because my my immediate plan is to go back into social work because that's really where my passion lies. Like I love children and I always wanted to work with children. Mm. And so, yeah, and everybody was asking me, yeah, what about the money? Um, you, are you going to make as much? Wouldn't you, um, wouldn't you miss partying like this? And I realized how small and shallow their minds really were, you know? <laughs> it's like, they were not asking me, like, um, like, are you sure you don't enjoy doing this? This is not where you want to go to. No, they were asking me about the money. They were asking me, like, are you, you're never going to get a chance like this. And I'm like, the thing is, I have lived a really awesome life so far. I've lived all sorts of different kinds of lives, and, and I know I'll make it. And because I'm going to do what my, do what my passion... Um, when my passion lies, like, I'm going to do that work, that is going to bring so much more to, the, to me than the money that you are going to mm. offer me, you know? I, that fear is also bullshit, too, because yeah. if you want to, uh, tomorrow you can go back to another similar job right. like that, you know? Exactly. It's, yeah. like, it's made, you're made to believe that, oh, my God, you already have this nice, successful career and job. If you quit it, you can't ever get it back. And that's, like, <laughs> the, the, the fears that are implanted in you. And it's, like, yeah. actually, on the contrary, the day yeah. I quit was the day my bosses were, like, well, you know, keep in touch, you know, in case something changes in the year, call us up. And it's like, you know, wait a minute, I didn't actually close the doors. You know, I didn't exactly. burn these bridges. Uh, I have yeah. these opportunities if I so choose to pursue that that traditional kind of career again. It That did, that option didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, rather, though, I'm pursuing something else in the meantime. <laughs> I wanted to uh, say I want to say that I I agree I agree completely and I've done a lot of work with a career counselor before I made this move to New York City. I was very I'm very conservative decision maker as you know and I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Yeah. I've worked with a career counselor for like 2 or 3 years and I I basically read several books on, you know, <laughs> making major career decisions. And, and working with my career counselor and reading these books, I realized you can do anything. You can do almost anything you want to do. You, you have can to, do anything you want to do. You, you, <laughs> you can, all right. You can't. You, you can. You can. What are you uh, going to say? You can't except fly? For fly you can. Except for flying. Except for flying. 
levitating or transporting through time as of I don't know. As of Maybe today. you can levitate if we invent the right uh, way to do it. As you know, of you can, you invent a hovercraft for your hovercraft <laughs> shoe. As it of, is possible. You just get rid right. of your boxes. As of this recording, <laughs> as of this recording, I do not know that that is capable. <laughs> We're capable of doing that. But Stop coach me, Lega. Everything is possible. Oh, <laughs> uh, Kevin Garnett. Anything is possible. Um, so, anyway, they, basically, you can make steps. You can take steps. Mm. Assign the goal um, of what you want to be, and know that maybe you can't do it tomorrow. Maybe you can't do it two days from now. But if you take the proper steps to get to that goal, you can achieve it. Yeah. Well, um, it's like Yoda said. Try not. Do or do not. There right. is no try. You got it, Holmes. So if you decide <laughs> to do something like, and really make it happen, like you can make whatever your dream is, your personal dream, make it, <laughs> make it real. Yeah, I was like, I have my own dream, and I was tired of leaving someone else's, you mm. know? Yeah, so I yeah. just decided to take it all in my hands, and I'm going to yeah. pursue what I want to pursue and do and what I need key. to do because yeah. that's the only way that I'm going to benefit myself and anyone else around me. You know, yeah, and, and and that's what it's all about. Like I, I believe like life is all about learning and teaching, and you got to you got to contribute something to society. You have like whatever it is that you find that you're capable of contributing, and and, and it's I'm usually your passion. Yeah. It's yeah, not, exactly. Come back to like Dalai Lama quote, yeah. where he's like, you ask yourself, how do I make you know what do I do to contribute to the world? Uh, how do I make the world a better place? Well, do whatever makes you come alive. Because the thing the world needs right now is people who have come alive. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. And at the end, I, w I realized that if I stuck around with this job, I was never going to leave. I'm, I'll just be stuck there for a very, very mm. long time. And by the time I want to leave, would it be too late? Or would I just be like, oh, no, whatever, I'm, I'm done. Like, that's it, you know? And I didn't want that. I was afraid of that. So I decided, nope, out. Start over again. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just experience it. Like let life come and, and I'm gonna live it and yeah. good or bad. And because I'm pursuing <laughs> my passion, I know it's gonna be just fine. Yeah. But yeah. not a lot of people understand that fact and that's the sad part. Yes, that's true. Where well what's next for Caroline? Where to? Social work. I'm teaming up with my mom and going back and working with children. Like she has a lot of projects she runs around for Dixon and for the rural school areas and for the low-income families. And so I'm just going to work with her and help her out, teach the kids, work with them, work with children, change the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. basically. That's the way to change the future, yeah. right? the children. So. You got it. Yeah, so that's what I want to do. And, that's, and whatever happens after this, it happens. I have my end goal, my end game, but you'll see how it all plays out. Like I was telling Mike yesterday, that that would be plan B actually. This this plan that I do have that would be plan B because life has a certain way of throwing yeah. um, weird things at me. Like yeah, exactly. uh, so, you never really know. I never really know. Way. So plan B, I know. Well, once plan you open a, yourself up to po plan the possibilities, a, let, let plan A like yeah. play itself out. <laughs> yeah. Once you're open to the possibilities, they tend to present themselves. Yeah. If you're if you're open and receptive to receiving them, like you'll things will come up. And so yeah, the next couple of weeks. Something can come up, and you yeah. say, oh, that's the thing now. And that's yeah. okay. Like, you know, that, and that's another trap is to think that any point in your life you have to decide, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing for the rest of my life? And you never have to decide right now what you're doing for the rest of your life. Decide right now what you want to do for the right now. Yeah. And, that, and then every few months, every few years, whenever, it, whenever you feel it needs to change, you can change it. And right. you don't have to feel, ever feel stuck. Um, you can always make a change if you want to. Yeah. Um, 
I agree completely. And I, you know what, with our whole conversation earlier, I, I did want to say one comment that I thought was fairly relevant. Mm. So, okay. so we're, we're talking about making change and, and, uh, travel and going and, and the system and everything. And one, one thing that's very important is, you know, I, it's, it's hard for me because I want more of it in my life. It's family. You know, I want more family in my life and traveling is, you can still stay in touch with your family, but it's still hard to mm. be in touch for all those important it things is. when it, it you're is traveling. More difficult. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that came to mind and it really hit me today. I just became a, an uncle today and yes, oh, congratulations. congratulations. Thank yeah. you. And, and to be honest, that was kind of like a call. Like, yeah, like I want to be, that's another, I have all these ambitions, but at the same time, I equally want to be an uncle and I want to be a good one. And it's hard to, you know, sometimes go for those things that you want when I'm, well, they're conflicting things you want, right? If you can, right. In a sense. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I mean, I just, just food for thought. That's all. Cause it's been yeah. really, really on my mind today. I had no, to, there could be a beautiful reconciliation, man. I mean, you could, yeah. If, if the thing you want to do is to be close to your family, for example, you could find an opportunity that's closer, say, back in Maryland or something, you know? There's, right. But, you know, there's trade-offs, of course, but maybe there's ways to make it work. I don't know. Absolutely. Just, that's what comes into my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. I appreciate the thoughts. <laughs> um, um, yeah, ahead. you know what? I'll, uh, well, I was going to start to bring things to our wrap-up part of the show. Um, <laughs> is we have a question that we ask each of our guests. Okay. Um, and you know what? The way I want you to answer this is just give the first thing that pops into your head. Don't think too hard. Um, okay. What is something that you'd like to do before you die? I have no freaking idea. <laughs> first thing <laughs> pops in. Just anything. Yeah. Before I die. Mm. Yeah. There's something I'll do before I die. Oh. God. I used to say that I would want to go ride a huge wave. <laughs> All right, like surfing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cause, Do you cause surf you know, already? No, I don't. That's the thing. Like I was like so when I, I always surf. say I always told my siblings like because I remember when I was younger and um, we were watching this documentary on the tsunami that happens yearly in Japan mm. and the waves are like so huge and I was telling my sister that before I die you when I know I'm ready to when I'm ready to die I'm gonna ride the wave a tsunami <laughs> yeah tsunami water oh, I'm just, so I'm just cool. gonna be like with a walking stick on a surfboard and be like oh shaky and whatever and crash uh, <laughs> yeah and then die wait so you wanna die in a tsunami I could die it. in a tsunami I could yeah. <laughs> wow so you wanna what you oh wanna do before God. you die ties directly into the way you want to go <laughs> <laughs> that's yes. the first that's, yeah, because the thing I've never is, gotten that answer in this. Yeah, I do so many crazy things like I jump off waterfalls I jump off bridges I, I'm such a daredevil and I'm an mm. adrenaline junkie yeah, I'm a thrill seeker <laughs> yeah. I'm an adrenaline junkie like really because mm. I'm so afraid of them but the adrenaline comes the in excitement and uh, yeah, the high is so awesome yeah. so, so I haven't died yet touch wood so we'll see yeah. what happens uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you gotta ride that knowing me I'll go out with a bang well yeah. ride the wave of life and then maybe they'll take you to the literal wave at some point. Yeah, and then they'll then when you're 90, they'll strap you to that board and let you ride it literally in a tsunami. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can specify that. We were talking the other day about like what we'd all have at our uh, funerals and stuff. I was like, you know what? I would have like, some kind of party. You know? Yeah, my yeah party i've got the song already picked out, and I'm like, yeah, and scattering my ashes all around. I don't want to be bothered to be buried. Nothing. 
<laughs> all that. Not, none of those mumbo jumbos. I got It's you. very simple. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Life should be celebrated and you should just keep on doing ter terrifying things to get more excitement. <laughs> yeah, I feel alive. It, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You know what my dad wants to do? Um, what? My dad wants a Viking funeral. He wants oh, to be. Oh, wow. He oh, wants that's to be, badass. Well, I don't know. We'll see what he puts in his So, well, like put will. him on a boat and send him out to the seas or something? And set it on fire, yeah. He wants yeah. to set oh, the boat on fire. That's really badass. Well, let's see what he puts in his will. But, right. but that's what he tell, says right now at age 63. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Oh, that's um, cool. But that's, that's awesome. Um, I thank, hey, Caroline, thank you very much for coming hey, on. No that. problem. Yeah, it's thanks. Incredible. Thank yeah. You. And thank you for, uh, you know, I mean, you're a guest on this show, but actually I'm a guest in your house right now. So yeah. thank you for <laughs> guesting on the show and for having me as a guest in your home. No problem. My <laughs> pleasure, really. It's been incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. By the way, I should let you know that Mike had a huge hand to play in me quitting my job as well. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it was the morning I came back and uh, to work and I was listening to his first podcast that he made. And yeah, at this moment, I was like, talking to Justin about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't realize and, that. Yeah. Okay. And the, 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 the emotions that he was talking about, the, the, the emotions that he was feeling when he was in India were things like, they, they were like some far off memory, but I remember, and I was like, yeah, he played a huge part in it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so he did make a difference. Like, he, he needs someone to keep telling him. Like, yeah, he makes a difference. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's, well, something, it was, it's probably mostly within you, but if I helped in any small way to spark yeah. any of it, then very happy, very happy <laughs> to hear it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh. incredible. Well, um, again, thank you very much for joining us. Nice, Everyone, um, feel free to check us out at wtepodcast.com. Caroline, did you have anything you wanted to plug? What do you mean? Uh, anything you want to promote? Or, yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm good. No, I've got nothing yet. <laughs> All right, well, okay. when you do, we'll, we'll get it up. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I've got to start writing and blogging and all that again. Yeah. Okay. That'd be incredible. Yeah. All right, no worries. Well, in the meantime, everyone, please check us out again at wtepodcast.com. Thanks for listening to Walking the Earth Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Take care.